0: you are now tuned into sports Brock with air on you are now tuned into episode 17 episode 17 live from rebel arts in new york city i am here with vasha and sophia chang of undo magazine please welcome them to the show Plank. In episode clank okay. oh, water bottles Whoop. issue number 8 it is not easy to create something and put something out
1: no
2: <laughs> Consistently, it's, Consistently. One, it's one thing to do it one time. Yeah. Consistently, one Even. thing to do it second time. We did it eight times. Mm-hmm. Eight, eight times. times, and it's
0: not just a thing that it's you and it's Vasha and Sophia. It's you two, and then whoever is modeling, writing, mm-hmm. photographing all the thing, printing, delivering, a bunch of personalities. So mm-hmm. I want to know. I went to the to the. One of the uh, first, I guess, pop ups—the pop up fitness running—I was very tired. Yeah, you did. <laughs> was running and I was crying along the East River. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't the East River. It was on—it was West, West Side Highway. The it Side Highway. was a virtual Highway. run. Mm-hmm. I've never had somebody like, "Oh yeah, come out. We're gonna run six miles." Who the fuck? Office the first run the six miles. You do two or five k. <laughs> Your very first event was a six mile run.
1: How did a fitness pop up turn into
0: eight,
1: a magazine? Eight issues later. You know what I love about the fitness community and the running community, and what we learned was that no one cared about what we did for a living. And I think that's that's how the magazine started. Was it was a bunch of people who were genuinely pushing each other just for the sake of doing it for fitness. So it's high fives, it's you know sweaty hugs, but it was never just hey, what do you do? Let me run with you. It was actually trying to like make sure people are just being their physical best. And so through that, we found photographers and writers and all these people who are amazing creatives. You know, you never ask what someone does in that industry or in that business, not an industry. It's just like a a fun, leisurely thing. And then from that, we just were like, yeah, let's make this magazine. Let's kind of highlight our friends, highlight our community. And then we've just kept going from there. But the running community has really kind of been the support system for this entire thing because there's runners all over the world who have no egos and they just are like, yo, I want to know more about this world. I want to be connected. I love this. You guys speak my language and that's how we kind of keep it moving.
0: But this was kind of like right in the, on the cusp of like when the running community, running community became like a thing. Mm -hmm. I remember it's like right when social media was like kicking off and it was almost like you were guys were like ahead of the trend. Mm -hmm. So
2: have I was just going to say it's not it's not really like a trend for us It's it's really like a 360 lifestyle like yeah we occupy you know a certain type of industries and fields of just creativity Mm -hmm. here in the city but like as people if if you know us if we're learning something new we want to tell you about it if we ate at a new restaurant we want to tell you about it we read a book we (laughs) learned a new fact I found a new app I uh, whatever it is a new store I bought these new shoes Everything we have in our lives, we just want to share with people that we know or when we meet someone. Right. So like this magazine was kind of this and, and undo ordinary as a whole outside of just the people and the movement that was already existing. It was also just a place for us to like put all this information because I don't really blog. She doesn't. We have work. We know what our skills are. So how do we kind of pool all of that and manifest that into this? That's what it came out as. Yeah. And the magazine that you see, like the print aspect, the web ac- aspect, the social aspect is really just the manifestation of our lifestyle. Yeah, regurgitation of what
1: we're taking in. You know, we're learning things about our bodies and we were never finding a place that had that that looked cool. And I mean, I talk about this all the time, but like. Streetwear culture, hip-hop culture, all these things, they're always used to sell things, but it's never used to help our community. We're used as guinea pigs to, like, make everything else sell. You see how everyone has on the same outfits outside, you know, because it's like, yeah, streetwear's in. But that that whole lifestyle is never really, like, I don't know, it's, like, never harnessed in order to really teach and educate and to, like, give better information other than buy, sell Sell, sell, sell. So consume consume, 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 consume. It's always consumption. You know, yeah. it's always like the cool is for consumption, but never for education. So that's where we are. Where it's like we're learning things. Why can't it look cool to be educated in this stuff? Because there's no place for that.
2: What's on the market right now too is like if you look at your men's health, your woman's health, or you just go to any like health and wellness sector of whatever it is. Like I was just eating at Hugh Kitchen. Most of the people on that second floor were all white. Uh, I I wanted to text you that it just it you know makes me feel so uncomfortable sometimes and you know when your eyes are open and you realize like wow health and wellness when it comes to eating healthy this awareness uh, being able to go to a certain type of workout comes at such a cost it's like that information becomes so inaccessible and that culture becomes so elitist and so what for us we already live this life and so how can we kind of dress it up so that it can easily be digestible for our immediate community because we want our friends and our fellow creators to be able to continue doing what they're doing like yourself but if you don't eat right sleep right shit right it ain't gonna happen
0: it's not gonna happen i think that um these are all concerns because when did you guys start
1: 2013
2: yeah
0: yeah i think that's also kind of like a part of like getting older right Mm -hmm. it's like you know some people are just fit people and consider wellness. And But I think as you get older and as the world starts to wear on you, you're trying to figure out how do I alleviate some of these issues and, you know, understanding that uh, fitness and wellness are crucial to mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, was that a turning point for you guys personally? Because I know you guys, before you started this magazine, both have like careers outside of like being publishers.
1: No, I wasn't. Um, I was dating someone that was really real with me. And he was like, yo, if you don't love yourself, I can't love you. And it was like, what? Because I was eating McDonald's and all this other stuff. Mm. And he was super vegan. And it was like... The L.A. lifestyle, I feel like people in certain areas know. They they know what's up. Like, people in L.A. know what's up. They've been on veganism for a while. They're kind of a little bit more aware, where as I grew up and how I grew up, I didn't have that information. So sometimes it just comes down to education and knowing better. And most of my peers just don't know any better. And so, of course, as you grow older, you want to learn more. You want to do better. You want to try more. And so I think as a creative, I was just kind of driving myself crazy. I was working on videos, and I'm just sitting around, like, eating junk smoking weed, making videos, and that's it. I was not taking care of myself at all. And so I just decided to go outside and start running and started start to change what I was doing every day with myself. And I realized that that was making me a better creative. And it was unlocking this thing in me where I had never experienced that before, where I'd get my work done in my head instead of sitting at a computer. And so just that exchange was different. And so it's like, wow, is this a real thing? How come this hasn't been displayed in a way where I can really digest this? How come no one ever told me this? And so I think just being fascinated with that idea of knowing that, like, the information's there, but it's never packaged in a way that meets us or that's appealing to us is really what the foundation is and the emphasis why we do what we do.
0: I remember when you I started to see... I guess, a change with you. I've known Vasha for a very long time. We've in the had, club. We met in Las Vegas. In the club. V- Vasha would dance on anything that was stable. It was like a table, a dance floor. I still will. She was like a dancing-ass motherfucker. So to see you, like, I, I, you've always been super creative. I know you did set design and, like, you were doing a lot of things for the homies. But I remember you, like, Ch- I, got, I started to see a change of like the running, and then you were coaching one of our mutual friends, trying to get him to learn how to run. Oh boy. Um, but then, like, budget hungry, I was yeah. like, okay, I see what you're doing because I had started to work in food mm-hmm. and I was changing some of my eating habits and being like, oh, I can't eat this shit. I can't eat a bacon, egg, and cheese, a crown. That shit is <laughs> terrible for you. I, I care about myself. Yeah. Then I did a vegan summer.
1: Oh, I didn't even know that.
0: One summer I was vegan. And that's very hard for me. I'm Southern, so summer is barbecue time.
1: But in New York, it's a little harder. But You know what I used to do? I used to chew up hot links and then spit them out. (laughs) You get what you need, you know? You just want the flavor. That sounds like something I would watch on YouTube. Yeah, It sounds very like... (laughs) What is it? ASMR? (laughs) That's in the new issue of the magazine. Issue 8, Cop It
0: Online. Oh my God. But Sophia, you were already like a legend. Like if y'all don't know Ooh. Legend. Do your Googles, cause Maya's the illustrating art legend out here. You're from Thank New you. York. You've been doing your thing. You have a great pedigree of coming from like working with some some true legends in the scene. Like so what was it like for you? Uh was it like a new challenge? What like what was the draw to start creating um to do this, but also to come together with Basha?
2: So, uh, <clears throat> for me, I mean, I went to the gym. I went to Lucille Roberts. Shout out to Lucille She's Roberts. So the women, the was women's The for- women's <laughs> No, I went to the one out in Forest Hills on Austin Street. Um, just, you know, for fun in high school, everyone would hit the gym here and there. Um, I definitely pulled up to the bachata, merengue, salsa dance classes at the women's gym. It, I was holding it down. It was so great. Um, But outside of that, I mean, that wasn't really serious. I was in high school. And then what happened to me that started me on this journey was that I was working a lot at the computer. I'm an illustrator, a graphic designer, spending a lot of time in front of the computer, hunched over my desk. And I was just getting shooting pains in my neck, uh, in my wrist, in my lower back. Uh, Everything was just hurting. And I was maybe 21, 22 when I knew that that shouldn't have been Hey, that shouldn't have been happening. Um, and so that got me going to the gym and then going to the gym and working out and whatever got me into exploring food and exploring eating better. And, and that's really what t- like I was actually forced to find out about that lifestyle. And then in that process, Vasha and I had met during Hurricane Sandy.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Sandy. <laughs> that, that fucking bitch Sandy got shout the L train shut down. Shut down the whole city. Shout out, bitch.
2: Um and we met just as two creatives uh, somehow some way the Lord brought us together hallelujah hallelujah um and so yeah we just started it was more so like we started working together she was working out um our friend Robin was working out they started undo and there was a running thing I'm not much of a runner but she uh, came out but I came I was like hey because what had happened to me when I started going to the gym. And started like doing different things and trying different workouts was it just opened up that world and I just became an open person I'm like, let me just try this even creatively The reason why I do so much is because I just try it if there's an opportunity to design a shoe to work on a book a magazine Paint a canvas. I'm gonna just try it because I'll know where my limits stand and that translates into Our mentality when it comes to hitting the gym, right? So like if you're doing weights, how far can you push yourself? What is your max right or? I don't know, running, it's a whole different thing. I can't speak to that as much, but Vasha can. And when we take that whole like perspective and it pours right back to our creative work because it's like, how, how far can I push myself? Because if I took on a ton of work and I'm going through it in the moment, the next time that happens to me, that was just practice. And I'm good. Like next time around, And just keep learning, keep pushing that threshold and seeing where we go, which is two parallel perspectives. So you meet Hurricane Sandy, you start to work out.
0: What is like the what is the moment of like, y'all yeah, want to do this magazine. You want to do a magazine? I want to do a magazine. Let's do a magazine. And then that moment to like the first seeing the first magazine.
1: So we were, um, Paint the am, picture. we were ambassadors with separately before even undo was like collectively working on this magazine with, um, urban outfitters when they had their fitness initiative called without walls, which only lasted for like seven months or however long that was going. Um, and they asked us what we wanted to do, you know, with our opportunity. And of course we could have just had parties and things like that. And we were like, you know, we have this great network. Let's just
2: make a magazine. And that was really it. It's just like, what would the physical manifestation of undo be? Because at that point in time, there was already this community of people. We were becoming friends. I was meeting all these people who loved running. They were working with Nike or involved with like NTC when NTC was super popping in New York. And I was going because it was free workout. And if it's free, I'm there. Um, <laughs>
0: She's already put two bags of free chips. I'm about her to. In her bag.
2: Yes. Um and then, you know, I had, uh, you know, I'm very grateful to be able to learn how to use InDesign and learn how to design a magazine thanks to my experience at Complex Magazine when I was an intern back in 2008. And then I also worked on Brooklyn Bound, which was a Brooklyn based magazine back in 2013, 2014 with, um, oops, the amazing. You don't uh, need to turn that phone off. Mm-hmm. The amazing BMI, um, who is a legend in publication. Um, I mean, so I had, had, yeah, I I was a a vibe intern. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, what's up? So I learned, I mean, he is so, he's the guy who's so intense because when we were finishing up the magazine, um, he would make me go through every single, like every single tiniest crazy detail in the magazine to make sure it was perfect before we went to print. He took me to the actual print manufacturer that we had, I think in like Philadelphia or somewhere random, but like, because I was able to work so closely with him, I got to see a more personalized perspective on how a magazine works outside of like complex magazine. And so I had this like skill under my belt and I wanted to use it. And I didn't, I didn't want to wait for a client to come around with a job. Vash and I had already been working together. We just, it just seemed right. It seemed like that was the perfect moment, the perfect opportunity to be like, okay, if it was a physical manifestation of everything undo, what would that look like, feel like, sound like, whatever. So if you come to our events, if you come to, you know, if you pick up a copy of the magazine, if you talk to us, it's 360. You get all of it. It, it makes sense so that you can see that we exist. All of that.
0: And how long did it take from initial uh, agreeing to do a magazine to, like, first copy? How long was that, would you say?
1: The first one only took us, like, four months, three, three to months. four months. Three months to do um, we thought we were going to do them quarterly after that. <laughs> we were wrong because um, it actually takes a lot of time. This is a submission based magazine. So it's our entire community that's submitting content front to back. So whatever's on their mind, we put a theme out there and then they basically submit from there. So, first one took three to four months to do. Um, and then we did one right after that. And actually, the very first one, we sent a quarter of our stock to Beaverton to Nike. So we knew we had something right then because they were buying it all out. And then they ended up making all these activations and events from the people who were in the magazine. And so we knew we had something from there. Um, The running community definitely supported us. And, you know, to have that worldwide exposure through that, too, was just a sign that, like, we should just keep going. So we kept going.
0: And what was the response from the fitness publishing community? Because you said, like you said, you know... There's Men's Health, there's Runner's World, there's all these, like, very sterile, bo- boring-ass, sorry, because I do buy Runner's World sometimes, <clears throat> um, in the in the airport. Um, only in the airport. I mean,
1: they don't really the rock
0: with us, honestly. Like, is, Do they think you guys are just a bunch of kids, like, making some noise? Like, what is the, they just don't fuck with I, I, no.
1: No, I've never really had anyone connect. I know they probably know we exist. But like anything, I mean, even when you sell a quarter of your stock to Nike, you are they're not coming back to us in order for to work with us. They're coming to take the ideas and run with them. So, you know, in that sense, it's like we're not trying to even collab in that way. We're just trying to be leaders in the sense and kind of put new ideas out there.
0: Yeah, because it's not, I mean, you know, black woman, Asian woman. I think like, talk about that. Talk about being a black woman in this space and being an Asian woman in this space and going t- to these companies. Like, I know you guys do a lot of projects outside of On New. We're going to get in, into that later. Yeah. Uh, but like, what is that like to be like, oh, because I think of, if I think of runners, I'm thinking like of like white men, you mm-hmm. know, cross country dudes, right? So what has that been like?
1: Well, I mean, you know, running is not new. And a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm getting into it. It's like, it's not new. It's how it's packaged. And so what was going on here six years ago was, urban running scene where you were seeing people who didn't, who weren't white, who didn't fit the mold running. And it was like, what these people run. I've never seen that. Now, mind you, you know, Africans are winning races and fetishized in that reason, you know, but if you see who's running up behind that, it's usually, you know, mostly white men, women. And then you see urban minorities in the back always. And so it's about like changing that. And so, I mean, for me as, as a black woman, I know that we, we're healthy. We're fit. There's a lot of things that's been ingrained in culture that we should know and know better, you know, to do. But because it's not a, a popular thing, most people don't do it because it doesn't seem cool. A lot of people don't do it. And I mean, a lot of things that go on within black community is like, is it cool or not? And so it's like, how do I how do we make something cool that doesn't seem like it's cool if it's going to help us? And so that's really my angle. You know, I'm, I'm always in rooms that I'm probably not supposed to be in because I'm kind of living by this lifestyle of rich white boy freedom. But, you know, it's like, yeah, like, you know, what do rich rich white boys go do when when they get their money? They go and, like, get into adventure sports and they go, you know, scale the side of a mountain and do all these things. It's not about them spending their money. It's about them pushing themselves. And so it's adapting that attitude and then trying to bring that into my community.
0: My favorite thing that has ever happened to me was I was on a run in Bed-Stuy and this lady looked at me and was like, I need to have my fat ass out here with you. And part of the reason why I run in my community is because people look at you like you're an alien mm-hmm. when you run in the hood. Because it's like you black and you're running. White people can run all up and through the projects and gentrifying areas, whatever. But it's like as a black person running in a black neighborhood, it's like, did you, you know? steal
1: something? What you, you know? know? Yeah. It's like, where
0: are
2: you running from? from? <laughs> are you running from the police? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Sophia, can you speak to that? You know, being born, so I'm I'm born and raised from uh, Queens, Flushing, Queens. Yeah, yeah Queens, Flesh Queens get Queens, the money. Queens get the money. Yo,
0: Queens get the money, <laughs> long time, no cash. I'm caught up in the hustle where the guns go blast. Uh,
2: thank you. <laughs> so, you know, I grew up in this super, super, super melting pot, right? More so than ever. Like, now Flushing is very Asian. But when I was growing up, it was still pretty mixed. So, you know, I grew up in this environment where we'd be going to school and having lunch you know, from our neighbor's food, I'd be having this Latino crackers and some Indian food. Some people have some of my sushi mixed in with, like, cafeteria stuff. So, you know, in recent years where everyone's talking about identity and obviously having met Vash and talking about that, if I were to give myself a label, the first one, I would I gravitate towards is person of color, almost before, like, Asian. Like, I'm only becoming more self-aware of like oh everyone sees me as an Asian a small Asian girl so they think I'm like quiet and I'm like submissive and like whatever and then I start talking they're like oh my god what's happening um so I mean yeah and then as I'm you know being in I'm in the gym I'm in the more like health and wellness space because of my personal interests I noticed that I, I'm still growing and noticing that like I'm so much of a minority uh Every time I'm in like a fitness studio, even if I'm choosing to eat at like a healthier restaurant and stuff like that, you notice everyone in the room. First of all, when I was at Hugh Kitchen, the part that always bothers me when I go to the establishment, and I might be generalizing a bit, right? But when you go in there, it's mostly, like, white people eating and always people of color working there. hmm Sweet Behind green. the register. Sweet green, Chipotle. Remember when we went to Chipotle in Col- uh, Colorado? And we Somewhere. saw it, yeah, And, and saw everyone in there was, there. everyone, <laughs> everyone in this Chipotle it was white working behind the counter. Even the chefs. And me and her looked at we each other shocked. like, this is so weird. This is the weirdest <laughs> Chipotle I've ever been to. But why? Hold on. I get it. Um. So it's, you know, I, I, I mean, that's, that's all I have for it. I'm still learning. I'm still understanding that, hey, this is a minority and we're doing the best we can with me, with the skills that I have, anything creative that I do. The best compliment that I can get is when people are like, oh, I didn't know it was a girl that worked on it. Or, oh, I didn't even know it was a Asian person that worked on it. I'm like, let my work speak for itself. And it doesn't even matter who made it. And then let it become a surprise for you when you do see who's behind the scenes. So you know, for me, my perspective with everything is I just keep my head down and I do my job and I stack my paper. Yeah, we
1: we connected in a way where like I grew up around a bunch of Asians and she grew up around a bunch of black people. So we um, speak in the same language. I mean, we just kind of flip flop where it's like I know a lot of things and where she's like, how do you know that? Like, because I grew up around a bunch of Southeast Asians. I
2: mean, I had to play celebrity the other day. <laughs> Which I didn't know existed. What's that? I'm that like, iPhone yeah. game that you put on your forehead and there's one just for black people. Oh, I need that. I'm going And I had to play home. with a room full of black people and I was like, I think I can keep up. But then there were certain ones like, I don't know, holiday family gatherings and I couldn't, uh, you know, comment on that. But there was one that was like, you know, what? I'm not doing so bad here. And just, you know, in,
1: in that perspective, we both experience things as minorities where we're like, yo, things are, have not been exposed to us because of what we look like because of our color because you know our parents didn't have access to that so it's just about changing that because we have access to do that we can we have social media we have the means you know my parents are like you know running from white supremacy and things like that so it's like if you have the opportunity change you know the way that changes change history
2: and like you know we step into a lot of meetings when it comes to our work or just when we have these opportunities to physically be present and you just see how stark that difference is. And when people hear us speak, they're like, oh, wow, like, you know, she's so eloquent. She doesn't sound urban. She doesn't have an accent. She speaks perfect. You know, you could just tell by that look in their eyes. And it's like, y'all are so ignorant, but it's OK. I'm here to yeah. prove to you that we exist. And like, you know, she. you can talk about that time when you were in Germany or Europe where you're the only black oh, person. Yeah. Who rent, like,
1: I was the only black person at this uh huge running convention. person of color really yeah i mean huge running convention and it was three women there and i was like the only black woman who's i mean person who spoke basically you know and this is 300 of the top running directors race directors of all over the world who are organizing runs you know and I'm, I'm there to talk about urban running communities and how they can diversify their communities because they're looking at their running scenes like Yeah, it's always the same. How do we get it to be what New York's doing or what London's doing and things like that? And it's like you have to diversify. You have to go into neighborhoods where they don't expect you to run. You don't you know, it's just not expected, but it's free. That's why we do. That's why I was running. Everything else costs money, which is to me is like the elitist system that I don't want to play a part of. But running's free. So I went outside and did it for free and everyone can do that. And so I think that that right of entry is, is what I'm really interested in. Is like you don't need all this money to go be healthy or to be active or to go to fitness classes. You can just go outside and do this yourself. You can pick up some fruit from the corner and do it yourself. You don't need all of that and you don't need them. Just do it for yourself.
0: And what's been the reception? I'm I'm curious because I feel like you probably hear from people, right, on um, in the DMs or just how Sometimes people are afraid of us, but yeah. They're af- but you haven't, I'm just curious, is that have you ha- had someone be like, you know what? I was sitting my, f- my ass on the couch eating some chips and then I was like inspired to, to I saw you run, because it was one year that you did some marathon. You was like Forrest Gump and mm-hmm. you ran a bunch I feel like a
1: bunch of marriage. I mean, I went hard when I first got in just, I was just doing a lot of races and yeah, just going, I, I remember yeah. you were like
0: at a race like, and you were like all over the country. Yeah. I was just doing a lot of races. But have you? Do you hear back from,
1: from women? So the, one of the reasons why I kept going with undo, because again, this is grassroots. This is hard, right? Is there's a woman, I believe you're in Sweden girl, but Mirka, and she reached out to us very earlier on. Shouts a, out to Mirka. Shouts out to my girl Mirka. Um, And she reached out very early on. She never used to really show her face. And she was just like, what kind of underwear do you wear? And what kind of socks do you wear? And we wrote back to her. And she was very like insecure but just about her physical presence and I never never really knew what she looked like now she's like an Adidas ambassador she's on the gram every day showing her face yeah so when you see that change in other people and then you see you keep watching it happen you see people who will tell you no I don't run I don't do that and then you know you're planting a seed within them and then maybe even four years later they're like yo I just started this whole fitness initiative this whole thing you're like hey cool I'm planting seeds you know and We're just waiting for life to water them and a little bit of sunlight on that. But you're planting seeds with people. And I don't have to be credited in everything. I just want everyone to live longer and enjoy their life. It's like when you get into, like, chemical off-balances with people, which is—I'm going to go—I'm going to detour. But— when I like work with people, I want to, I can smell if you're chemically off. I know if you're off based off like what you're eating. I can smell that in your body. And so if you're off, your attitude's going to be off, your energy's going to be off, your mood's going to be off, you're going to be irate, you're going to start yelling and doing weird things. So if I can get you at a healthy state, I can probably work with you better. So that's just like the motivation. Can we get everybody at a healthy state so that we can do better?
0: And tell me about issue number eight sleeping. You tell me, Sophia. Why sleeping? I mean, sleeping is really important. I I didn't think, I don't think I, you don't, I don't know, for me, sleeping didn't become as important until I I got over 30. And you start to feel it, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, I'm tired. The crackle and the pop. It's like the tired, tired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not that. Oh, I can take that. You know, you take a nap in the dorm or wherever, and you just like, ooh, I can hit the streets. I can before hit, the club. Yeah, the disco nap is what the old <sighs> people call cute. it. That was uh, cute. That was cute. Get you a little disco nap. Not but sure like, how I did that? I really cherish my sleep,
2: mm-hmm. and if
0: I don't get good sleep, it's a wrap. So, why is issue number eight about sleeping and resetting?
2: Um, you know, we're always trying to swim against the current or just run off on our own path the best we can. Um, and just run off the trail. So, you know, as I think for, we always come up with this theme and this theme for every issue has something to do with what we're learning, where we're at, and then... You know, it all just kind of organically comes together. I can't... It's <laughs> really the best way to put it. So, issue eight is themed sleep restoration reset. Uh, One main thing is that, you know, as everyone... as fit, Health and wellness has become a trend. Hitting the gym is becoming a trend. You know, making sure it's on Instagram is a trend. Otherwise, it didn't happen. Um, We wanted to Yum. kind of talk... Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, reset and restoration, right? So, if you're hitting the gym a lot, then your muscles are probably pretty sore. It's important to learn to take a break. You can't be going every day. What, which day is your rest day? And so we're we're here to talk about that, like small percentage of rest day and expanding on that within like your mental health, physical health, fitness, nutritional sense. Um, and so, yeah, and, and, and this idea of like constantly pushing ourselves, hustle hard. When they sleep, I work. And like this whole mentality, it's like, yeah, for sure. I get it. I've I've been there. I'm doing it. For me personally, it got to a point where, and I didn't realize this until the magazine was done, where I'm doing just way too much and I'm pushing myself too hard and I'm way past my threshold and it's like, how do I bring myself back? And if you've ever been there physically or mentally, you're like, oh my God, it, as, as much time as it took for you to get past that threshold, you almost need just as much time to get back to wherever your balance spot is. And so... um. Yeah. And it's about like taking a break and and talking about the importance of taking a break. Like if you're really active, going to going to yoga is important, seeing a good massage therapist and the whole entire spectrum of massages that you can get and therapy and physical therapy. If you've ever had a a serious injury where you've been off a major muscle group and you have to get back into it, it takes so much work for you to kind of get back. Get back to where you should be so that you can perform right. And that's really where that dialogue is really shifting to.
1: You know, as mammals, like, we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. And that right now is like hibernating and resting. You look at every other animal that's a mammal and they do it just fine. But we don't follow those rules because we feel like we have to grind and do all these things. And then you wonder why people are having, like, real mental health issues and all these other issues. It's like we have the demand of our cell phones in our hands. And then we're doing things that are not natural to our body. And we're wondering why we have problems. And so it's just getting into like that. This is health. This is wellness. You know, I when I was out here running a lot, I was physically fit, but I wasn't mentally okay. And there's a huge difference in that. You know, I was doing all these things because I felt like I had to keep up in order to kind of keep this, you know, all of these contacts and make sure Nike's checking, Adidas checking. So I got to make sure I'm in the gym every day. But it's like I didn't have to be in the gym every day. And you can see it in, in your physical performance if you're not really taking care of yourself. So it's just understanding that there's more to health and wellness than just being in the gym every day or working out every day or having abs. There is more to wellness <laughs> than having
2: abs. So, you know, just, well, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And just to like expand on that, the idea of like pushing past your threshold, when you love what you do, if we're talking about entrepreneurs and creatives here within that specific context, you're willing to wake up earlier. You're willing to sleep later. You're willing to sacrifice your sleep, your meals, your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, even using the restroom as much as you want because you're holding it in because you're trying to finish up this email or push for a certain deadline. So there's all these moments where over a course of time, that's going to take a toll on your body.
1: That's what happened to Dilla. Rest in peace, Dilla. Anyone or just knows, a lot of people. Anyone creators. knows the real story. That's what happened. He was holding in his pee. Damn. That's a big Dilla fan over there. Yeah, he was holding in his pee. And he had, I mean, along with the lupus, he was he was suffering from kidney failure because he was doing that. Nobody really talks about that. But my family's from Detroit. And so they were talking to me. We were around for all of that. So, yeah. I mean, it's these things that, like, you can be a great and legend, but you're probably going to die in the process if you don't take care of yourself.
2: Which is what, you know. That's all this is about, you
1: know. You can be great. That's all good. But are you taking care of yourself on your way to make all your millions and your money? If a quarter of that has to go to your medical bills, what are you doing this for?
0: Did you learn anything about yourselves uh, while making this this issue, the latest issue? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: What did
1: we learn? Um, So I'm really into my circadian rhythm now. Sun comes up. I'm up. For the most part, soon as it gets dark, it was it was five o'clock. I think the sun was going down at to four thirty today, and we didn't have lights on in the building I was in. I was like, I'm sleepy. I'm about to go to go take a nap. So, understanding those things. You um, want to tell
2: people what circadian rhythm is? No, nope. you, you so- can just get so- no, nope, you can get the
1: next magazine and find that, or you oh. can Google it because
0: that's what we're here for. No, um, but <laughs> Sophia doing my job. Thank you. You about do it. You want to be a co-host?
1: I sure can. You want to tell they me? Coming with is? the check though? <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. I'm, I ain't um, I'm playing. They come with free chips. Okay, I'm here. That's cool. Bodega chips at that.
2: Um, um, but yeah, circadian rhythm is basically the, the cycle, kind of humans following the cycle of the sun. So we rise when the sun rises. We set when the sun sets. Now we have LED lights. We have blue light. We have all these sorts of light that are coming. Yeah, coming to us from all different directions. So it's bringing us back to human. Um, a big part of some of the dialogue that was kind of, or the context of the stories that came about here in this issue was inspired by issue seven which was themed addictions, prescriptions, and supplements. And we both had the pleasure of reading this amazing book by this author named Julie Holland. Shout out, Julie. I really want to meet her one day. We're going to
1: meet you on January 23rd.
2: Um, So she wrote this book called Moody Bitches. You should read it. I had an Oprah moment as soon as I read it because I asked so many of my friends for their mailing addresses so I could send everyone a copy. And you say it best in terms of what the context of the book is about because I ramble.
1: You do. Um... She's want to take screenshots of a book and send it to you, and you're like, "I'm not reading that from your screenshot. Like, what is this?" But anyway, um, but it's just basically, you know, the hormonal process that happens within women um, over the course of our lives, where things happen hormonally that we just. Need to endure and embrace. It's something that's been ingrained in us since the beginning of time. It comes back to tribalism and things like being worried. Like that's naturally within us because we were foragers within the village. So you need to be worried about food for the for the tribe. So that's actually a real good trait. Overthink, overconsider it. Yeah. Th- these are things that you should have, you know. And, and instead, we try to self medicate those things because we feel like it's a problem. It's not a problem. It's it's a part of your lifestyle. And so what she does is she breaks all that down. From premenopause to menopause, perimenopause, every single stage of life, single dating, every in piece a relationship. of your life as a woman, what you are going through hormonally and why you don't need to medicate. And what we just, you just need to be aware that this is a part of life. And so we, you know, we got into that and we were like, oh, my God, let's share this with everyone. And let's actually just check ourselves and, you know, check what we're putting into our
2: bodies, what we think we need. So everything from our internal science, from a chemical perspective, and also our male counterparts in terms of what they're going through and why we care about certain things and they can care less. And also most importantly, our outside factors. So everything from your light, sunlight, caffeine, alcohol, Botox, BPA, the list goes on and on. And it's just so amazing because you don't realize all these outside factors are the reason why our chemistry is off. And it affects just humans in general, not and just, also like, misunderstood.
1: Specific. Misunderstood because the research has always been done for men and mm-hmm. never really for women in this light. And so, if you're trying to compare yourself, your energy, your chemical off balance to men, it's going to be off.
2: So, like fibromyalgia. <laughs> Which is something we see on TV, like this, this long ass word that like women are always like number one prescribed for this idea of like pains and whatever. That's the number one thing that like women are prescribed medication for if they're coming and saying this hurts or like that and you know, whatever. And so, and, and she talks about how a lot of the studies and the science has done actually specifically on men. And so it's this fibromyalgia magical thing that like women have a problem with and they're often diagnosed with. Sounds like some bullshit to me.
1: I mean, you know, it's just that no one's really put that time in for women. And so, once, when we, again, when we find information, we try to make it digestible. We try to really like personally understand these things. When I got into nutrition, I was like, yo, I'm gonna test myself out. I'm gonna be a lab rat and learn all these things about food. So now I can regurgitate the information and share with other people in maybe a simpler way that they can take it in. And that's what we do with the magazine. It's nothing new. We're not like writing new stories about health that you really have to check out. We're just making it digestible for everyone. And when we say everyone, there's no like specific demographic of thirteen to twenty five year old. No, we're doing it if you're alive, you can read the magazine and learn something.
2: Yeah, because you're going to have to know about food. You're going to have to know about the com- the computers and the phones that you use, the coffee that you drink, everything. Yeah, everything.
1: everything. And so yeah, it's just about making it, it's just like, how can I get this information to my mom? That's literally the motivation, you know? Yeah.
0: I have one last question.
1: Last? Yeah. We done? We had a 30 minute show. Oh, okay. How what if we it? have more to what, share?
0: What did you got to share? I don't know, but, what? okay, go right. ahead. I was gonna ask you how many sports bras you have oh god how ma- mean, how many sports bras do you own
2: good or bad because yeah. shit that's a whole
1: conversation that's literally like how i've been making money is complaining about how bad sports bras are now that i need more so need more titty coverage more titty support
2: more titty. okay look 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 issues if you buy issue three which we don't have anymore so you can never buy you it can never buy it but if but, you find it but the last story that's in there is actually about titty scars.
1: And it's my titties, in it. Um, So just the way that we're shaped, <laughs> the way we're shaped. So if you see, like, we're, we're split down the middle. And I have to run with a big baguette in front of me every time I run because bras are not shaped for that. And so it's like, how come no one's really done that work to make it so that I can run faster and I don't have to carry a weight in front of me? And so, yeah, I'm always testing out bras, trying out bras. I usually wear the same ones all the time, um, but there's, I've done so much bra research. I have about 20-something, 20 25, maybe. He, do you wear a sports bra daily? No, not daily.
2: How
0: many bras are you working with over here?
2: Mm, I throw out a lot because, I, I mean, every every woman is shaped differently. Tell every them the a new has- story. Okay, well, most of the jobs, like when when we have a chance to talk to people, they're like, "How have you worked with such amazing brands?" Complaining, complaining. <laughs> How do you get free shit? Complain. Both of us let yeah. people know. I'm so I'm, my entire life, and my entire career has just been complaining to people about why their shit sucks and why I can help them. So I actually, we recently have been able to um, start working with Lulu, which is amazing, Lululemon.
1: Hi, Lulu. Um,
2: and actually, what kicked off that relationship for me was. Um, I was on the market for a new sports bra. I've heard this amazing brand called Lululemon. They make amazing sportswear stuff. Every time I've gone inside their stores, I couldn't feel like I could buy anything. I, I really don't like their retail displays and stuff like that. But that's another conversation. Um, so I'm normally like a size two person. I bought a size two, couldn't get it over my shoulders, bought a size four, still too tight around my like bust area, went for a size six way too loose. Went back for a size 4, stretched it over my chair at home cuz that's what my mom taught me when clothes are too small for you. <laughs> so I stretched it over Thank my you. chair. Thank you, mom. <laughs> I put it on Insta stories and I tagged them. I was like, I need you guys to stop stop using prepubescent women as your fit models. And then they got back to me. And they're like, let's send you some clothes. Oh my gosh, what's going on? And then you know, I I met the people, started talking, showed them undo. They brought us in for their LA pop up. We just did an amazing dinner with them. But what's most important is to show people that we exist. A and B, like tell them shit that no one else will tell you. Yeah, I'm I'm a crazy critic. Sometimes I give feedback. Most of the time, I give feedback outside of the it. context mm-hmm. and when people aren't asking me for it. But there are great things that come out of it, including money. Um. So, Amen. uh, what's the point of the story? Oh, it's just their, their bras, their bra. I found a bra that actually fit me, but you know, every woman is shaped differently. Um, there's a lot of brands out there, all the sports sportswear brands and some people, how many do
1: you have Sophia?
2: Some people actually do their research in terms of the, the product design and their R and D, but to answer the question, I don't know. I have like 10.
0: 10 sports bras. Tavash is 20. Okay. Well, we appreciate you doing the sports bra R and and D out
1: here.
2: There's so much more if you give us an hour. Oh my
1: gosh, what I learned about bras! So, yeah, I worked with the data for a year on oh what and sports bras. Yeah, on it's sports just bras. bras, on bras. On it. the future of how they can make bras better, the fabrication on the inside, just everything, looking at the boob, you know, if you, basically how the brush tissue is damaged, if it's if your breasts are bouncing too much, just everything that go, goes into the breast and the bra and how a lot of people aren't doing any research on that, you know, and so it's a very sensitive thing for me because I chafe all the time when I run races and it's because I have a larger bust with like a smaller rib frame and they don't make bras for that. They say they do, but when they do, they'll end up being like Victoria's Secret type bras where it's like, I'm not trying to give a titty show. I'm just trying to run. Is there a happy medium? And there's usually not. They're either going to like push your breast down into your fucking rib cage or they're going to put them all the way up in your chin. It's so. <laughs> so one or the other.
0: Here at Sports Bra, we appreciate any kind of advances in the field of uh of sports, actual sports bras. I,
2: I, mean, I feel like maybe they're just not willing to invest in it. I just don't understand why. I don't think people, we haven't complained enough. I think if
0: men talked about how their balls don't feel some kind of way in boxer shorts or whatever, they would. But, you know, you. A lot of women just you take it. You, know? just, you just take it. You just accept it. It's like they it's take like the, the
1: see-through clothes that are out there. You yeah, know, it's like you, you,
0: just you, you accept it. and You don't think you can change an entire industry which I'm sure has been, like, designed and whatever by a man. Mm-hmm.
2: So it's like... Mm-hmm. Alexander Wang, Christian Louboutin, Jimmy Choo. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so it's like, you know, if you don't stand up and say, actually, I have huge titties, but my back is small. This doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I am a small woman, but your small is too small, and your next small is too big. You know, I think we just have to kind of continue to communicate our wants and needs. And stand up for change. That's right. Let our voices be heard. Let them know. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. <laughs> Fight the power. Yeah. Fight the motherfucking Fight power. Fight the titty power. Fight the... <sighs> Listen, ladies, you listening right now to Air Auntie, grab your titties. Right? Right now. Right now. Ladies. And say no more about these bullshit bras.
1: Grab your tits if you love hip hop.
2: Rub your titties Whoa. if you love
1: big pop.
0: Whoa. Undo Magazine. Where can they get it? Where can they purchase? Don't be cheap. Buy a motherfucking magazine.
2: Undoordinary.com.
1: And exclusively at Fool's Gold Record here in Brooklyn. Shit. Exclusive. Exclusive. Thank you so
0: much, Sophia Chang. Basha. <laughs> I
1: don't even know your last name. Nobody knows my last
0: name. I keep it like that. <laughs> Basha. I've known you for a long time. i don't know your last name. X. Basha. Should, sister you look like Malcolm X thank you with them glasses and that little little dad
1: job my little I uh, I cut off on my hair the other day do you, you ever go to the barber on Astor Place I'll talk about that all oh okay sorry oh. all right off my, off the air off
0: the air thank you so much for taking flight with me Tennessee, and auntie and on this episode of Sports Bra until next time